1: It's March 26, 2019, and this is another edition of Homeschooling Help. I'm Andrea Schwartz, joined by my co-host in Virginia, Nancy Wilk. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Andrea. It's good to be here. What are we going to talk about today? Well, this series that we started last week is about, I entitled it Outside the Box, And by that, I mean, it's very easy for homeschoolers to get into the box of this is what we have to do. And they get very, very sometimes academically um, nearsighted Mm
0: -hmm. that we have
1: to get through the curriculum. We have to do so many workbook sheets or whatever it is. And then for the students and for the teachers, often it becomes somewhat of a drudgery because we got to get through our stuff. And then there's the rest of life.
0: Right. And we got to squeeze that in at, at, at the end after we finish, you know, all, all the um, 100 math solutions
1: that we're practicing. Right. And we've talked about this in other discussions we've had that education has an academic component, but it's not the only component. And last mm-hmm. week we talked about preparing for life. And I think it's safe to say for anybody who is post their, quote unquote, school years, there are a lot of things that were spent time on that they don't use. As a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. do they even remember that, you know, did I really learn that? Or what was the point of learning that? And so there's two facets. There's you learn stuff, but you don't know why. And then there's spending a lot of time on things that aren't necessarily going to be useful for you as Mm -hmm. you try to serve the kingdom of God. Right. One of the, To that
0: point, you know, one of the things that I often, often find in my own life is, you know, I think why, you know, wow. Why, you know, why didn't anybody tell me about this part of what right. we really learn to, to navigate life. So that, that's right. really important to think about those things because okay. we only know what we know. And if we learned it this way, then we don't know, the alternative or
1: the proper position to, with which to approach life. Right, so another facet of homeschooling, especially if you get grilled by well-meaning family, friends, neighbors, is are you qualified? Are you qualified? Can you do this? Um, what's your degree in? Mm-hmm. Well, we've established that a, a set of parents or if it's even a single parent who's homeschooling if they are focused on serving God and raising their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, they can be considered faithful servants in God's eyes by doing it. However, nobody just wants to be, I'm, I'm above reproach here. They want to go beyond it oftentimes. And that means that you have to widen your circle you don't know how to do everything and nobody knows how to do everything. The college professor who everybody thinks is just wonderful in his field may know nothing about agriculture, may know absolutely nothing about how to make sound financial investments. And so this idea that the homeschooling educator has to know everything is unrealistic because that's Mm -hmm. not how it is for other educators. Right. I see. So where am I going with this? Well, Early on, one of the things you should do with your children is observe their gifts, their talents, their inclinations. Um, If one shows a propensity towards music, that's something that should be developed. It isn't that they accidentally stumbled on it. You've just discovered one of the things or among the things that God has placed into that child of yours. The Mm -hmm. same way if somebody can fix things very well. But maybe that's not your forte. Maybe you can't do either of those things. Well, this is where, hopefully, as you are finding yourself in Christian community, that you befriend and get to know people who do these kinds of things and then offer them the opportunity because it's an opportunity for both the person who's learning and the person who might be teaching to say, would you spend some time with my son or daughter acclimating them on how to do certain things?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so you're, you're doing two things. You're getting an opportunity for your children to learn how to do things. And it doesn't just have to be things they have talent. in. I remember one time my girls and I were going on a trip from California to Arizona. And my thought was, what happens if we get a flat tire? So there was somebody within the community that we were affiliated with and we went over to his house and he showed us how to change a tire. This is what okay. you do. And I still remember, you know, if you want to make something tight, it's right. You turn it right. Something wanted to make it loose. It's left. I never learned, learned mm-hmm. that before. Righty tighty lefty loosey. Exactly. But I didn't know that. Right. Okay. And Thank So you. then I had two girls and myself who at least didn't have to be intimidated to use a jack or things like that. Mm -hmm. So the point here is that we can gain a lot of skills ourselves by learning. And just because you're post your schooling years doesn't mean you can't learn things. I've learned a lot of things over the years that I didn't either have time for or I didn't want to. Um, I often joke, I should have gone to the home ec class rather than <laughs> a lot of the other things that I thought were more important because it would be nice to be able to really use a sewing machine well, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that skill at this point. So finding people who have a skill, maybe it's carpentry, maybe it's, let's say somebody at, you know, your, your church or your, your homeschool community, you find out that he's building a fence. How about you offer... To have your son go help him. In the process, he'll learn how to use tools and things of that nature. And so, whether or not your son ever becomes a carpenter or goes into business of fixing fences, it's a skill set that he has. Now, you might say, Yeah, well, we don't have time for that. We have to go through math. We have to. It's like, No, you don't. No. You have to make time
0: for that. Do you know how much it costs to call somebody that can really work a hammer and a screwdriver? Right. That, that, that could be very pricey to have to pay for at the other end when it would be a lot cheaper to learn how to do it so you can just handle those, those things yourself, even if that's not gonna be your profession. You still need to have right. some ability in those
1: things. I'll give you another example. Um, a man at, uh, the church I was attending, his wife had cancer and she was bedridden and she was close to dying. And Mm -hmm. I came over to help him one day and she had soiled the bed. And so now we had to change the bed in which he had learned how to do without getting her out of the bed. I had never learned that. Right. Mm -hmm. So afterwards I talked to a couple of the ladies in the church and I said, if your parents were bedridden and you were taking care of them, would you know how to change a bed with somebody in it? And no. So what I did is I found another woman at the church who was a nurse who worked in a nursing home and she agreed to let us come. They gave us a room and we learned how to change a bed with somebody in it. Okay. Mm. That's not, well, interestingly enough, the daughter who I brought with me must have had something in her mind because now she's a registered nurse. And it's it's possible Mm -hmm. that at least when she was in the environment, she said, I could do this. I might want to do this. That same daughter along the way, when it came time to do biology, it's not that I hadn't done well in biology, but I didn't love it. And I think that it's really important when anybody's teaching your children or you're you're, you're farming out this, that you give them to someone who loves what they do. Well, there's a fellow homeschooler down the street. And so my daughter brought the microscope and that woman happened to be a nurse herself. And she would say to my daughter, oh, you're very good at this. You have natural aptitude for this. I really see that you understand human biology. Well, she had influence in terms of my daughter becoming a nurse. So without necessarily saying, okay, I've got to find someone who helps my daughter become a nurse. What I did was I needed some help. And you know what? She was very glad to help me. And when my daughter recently got married, she was among one of the guests and she was very, very happy to to be there because she had invested. And I think this is a way to build community because we're all going to face having to take care of elderly parents or having to fix things in our parents' home when they get older and can't do it. Why not have a a big facet of what we're doing is rewarding the children who do the things we ask them to do, not with money or toys, but with opportunities to learn. Let's reward them with opportunity.
0: Right. I remember um, when my my kids were little, one of the things that we talked about in, in terms of um, in terms of making money. A lot of times, those op- those things that we chose to do were not in exchange. Uh, we were not exchanging hours for dollars, but the relationship and the learning, and the the experience and exploring these things because they don't know what they really um, can do sometimes until they try it and get exposed to it. And there's just things that we can't always pick up in a book, especially like you say, if it's not our, you know, something that we are particularly enthusiastic about.
1: Right. And this goes into lots of different opportunity. It doesn't have to be an official mentorship or an official apprenticeship for my son. I remember one summer I was really ready for him to be out of the house because <laughs> he would get bored and it wasn't pretty. You know, he, he either started inciting people to be upset with each other or whatever it is. So I said to my husband, could he come to work with you? Well, my husband worked at a car dealership and so they let him and do things around the car dealership he had to paint numbers on you know curbs uh, he got to use a jackhammer he had never used one wow. before and i remember he came home so dead tired that he said you know what i'm going to learn to work with my mind rather than my hands cuz this <laughs> is exhausting <laughs> well it That's was really a funny
0: experience. it was yeah. a good-
1: for him Mm -hmm. and he does he you know was always business and entrepreneurial minded and you know he now runs his own company and and has the ability to learn things because we gave him that opportunity that if he wanted to do something well this is you know if you want to spend the time this is what you have to do you have to go figure it out right and in his Mm -hmm. case you know learn how to use a jackhammer
0: Yeah. yeah well you you mentioned that that the um mentoring and apprenticeship opportunities don't have to be very, very formal. And I think a lot of times people kind of, you know, maybe, maybe expect things to be very formal or don't think they, they know enough to mentor or maybe they don't have an accredited program or maybe they're not particularly perceiving themselves as an expert in that field. So, um, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? What, how How
1: casual can it be versus how formal does it need to be? Well, for I'll give you a formal example. Um, one of my daughters was really gifted in singing. And so mm-hmm. over the years, I found different singing instructors. But when I looked for an instructor, I wanted somebody who could connect and someone who could draw out. and the most the, the last um, uh, instructor that she had, She so looked forward to going to see this woman and this woman became her mentor. Now I was paying for the voice lessons, but the woman ended up connecting with her in such a way that I think she would say it was a profound influence in her life. Mm -hmm. Right? So the key is don't utilize the services or the volunteer efforts of someone who doesn't love what they do. This woman loved what she did. And that was contagious. And so Mm -hmm. um, if somebody says, well, I don't know that I'm very good at this. And she says, well, I can see that you do this or that. Well, I'm not a very good teacher. Well, maybe believe them or maybe say, well, just give it a try. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I did the same thing. I said both girls over once because this one woman loved to bake. And, and there's a church we were going to, and she had a delightful time. She had children that were long since grown, and she got to spend an afternoon with my daughters who were very interested, were very interested. in how you do this and how you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, So okay. I think people are hungry to help. You just have to have eyes to see what's something that could be done here. Sure. So the
0: mentoring opportunity, the apprenticeship opportunity doesn't have to be an ongoing thing. It could just be an afternoon. Hey, go try this out. See if there's a connection. See if it's mutually beneficial because because God does do that. They're mutually beneficial. Well, and I hope um, they are. They should be. They should. They be. should be. Right. Even though change, learning to change the tire might not have been your priority on the day you chose to go learn it. You are probably ready happy that you could do it on the day
1: you have a flat tire. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, volunteer efforts with people who need help. I remember there was a, a family in the church and they were basically pulling weeds and then mulching their huge backyard. And so gr- group of people got together and we were helping them. And it was amazing to see the younger people go, okay, now this is not a very efficient way to do it. Okay, you should do this, that, and the other thing, and step back and go, you know what, they're right. That is a better way to do it. So it gives people a chance to help each other. And I think this is what Christian community should be. Yes, we get together to sing and praise the Lord and have Bible studies. And that's, we should meet together for that. But we can also meet together where we're mutually helping each other out. And I can tell you a mother with young children loves having older kids to interact with, because you know what? She's waiting for the day that she can really get into it with her kids. But right now they're all under five years old and you can just do limited things. Well, you're letting her practice on your children. So by the time her kids get older, this isn't a new area for her. She's dealt with people who are older.
0: Right. Right. I can imagine too that the older kids can really benefit that mom by reading to her little ones. And, uh, you know, so, so, you know, you may go over there for, you know, for, for one thing and to let the kids and those other families find out what's a good fit for each other. You know, maybe if your daughter went and learned baking from somebody, she may Stay another half hour and, and read to her little ones or even an elderly in the home. So there's sure. lots of ways to do that. Lots of ways.
1: I think and that it's, I, I mean, it's. Let me just add one thing to what you said. Okay, this yeah. can be with aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, uh, you know, grandparents. In other words, involve people in what you do, and now they'll have a vested interest in helping you succeed as opposed to being concerned that you're not doing it the way everybody else is doing it.
0: I think that it's important to, um, to know how to assess um, the, the qualifications and, and so that we're not necessarily just looking for the PhDs or the people that have, that are charging the most amount of money. Mm-hmm. And and I say that because I had an experience some years back with a young, younger person who was proud to announce that because they had graduated from a particular Bible school, now they're qualified to um, teach the Bible. And, you know, while uh, for a whole lot of people, they may uh, agree with that assessment, but it, the scripture tells us that it's the, regenerate men and women who have been transformed by the power of God and that their mind is, is being conformed to the word of God. That's what equips us for that ministry and for particular usefulness um, in, in the Lord's service. So I would say that, you know, while a, a love for biology is an important thing that biology is, Teacher doesn't necessarily have to have a PhD in it. Just a, an appreciation for oh, yeah. God made these things, and a willingness to work with your, with your, your children and your family.
1: Right. And you need to be selective. Um, mm-hmm. You could have a very gifted person in, let's say, gardening. If you have an interest in gardening, your your son or daughter wants to start a garden in your backyard. Okay, so you find somebody will help you. Well, you're going to be selective in who you put them in touch with just the same way that the reason you homeschool probably has a lot to do with the fact that you don't want somebody in authority over them who doesn't believe in God and feel that God's law word should be applied. So you're going to have to do a screening. That doesn't mean that there's a theological test that has to be applied. It means that you trust that because you're you're really delegating some of your parental authority to this person. And I'll tell you where it will come in useful. If you trust this person and this person knows you and loves you and loves your family, and now is helping you with a son or daughter, don't think that there aren't going to be times that you and your children kind of lock heads and now they're going over to work or help or whatever they do. And then that person is able to help restore or encourage reconciliation. And say, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when I had children your age, and you know, they didn't like what I said either. But I think you ought to take a look at it from the point of view of what your parents are saying and why. So you now have additional help in terms of sure. um, caring for your own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Right now, the flip side <laughs> is that people spend time at other people's homes, and they come back and say, "I am so glad I don't live there. <laughs> I like how we do this here better." And so sometimes yeah. you have to get experience to know how other people do things. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really a very helpful thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, um, you know, we talked about doing this with families, with um, neighbors, um, other in the, in the homeschooling community. What if they really do need something that's that's much more formal? Where where would you recommend we look for those things? Like if it's towards um, a particular um, credentialing or, you know, when when do those credentials all come into play when we're looking for um, mentors and
1: apprenticeships? Well, currently, if you want to go into medicine or you want to go into law, I cannot certify you as being competent. You can't say, well, I have my medical degree from Andrea Schwartz. Oh, "Oh, okay, I'd love to hire you. No, that's not how it'll work. Right. So finding godly people who are already in that profession and encourage your son or daughter, if that's where they think they're headed and that's what God's calling them to do. To establish a relationship with these people and figure out a way that not only can they benefit from that person's wisdom, but that there's something that they can add value to to make it worth that person's while. And most Mm -hmm. people aren't going to say, okay, you have to pay me $500 an hour to be your mentor as you go through med school. That's not really how it'll work out. How it's likely to work out is that the person is willing to help and then the person being helped figures out, well, would it help you if I came and let's say it's a doctor, I cleaned your office once a week. Oh, you don't have to do that. Yeah, but would it help? Could I do that? Well, yeah, then I'd save some money on my janitorial service. Okay, that's the exchange. Guess what? It's more opportunity to be together. It's more opportunity to understand things. And now if you're going through a particularly difficult subject as you're going to be a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer or a physicist or whatever you're going to be, and you can sound things off this other person, he or she might be able to say, okay, I know they tell you, you have to do it that way, but you don't, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: don't have to do it that way. I, I remember one person telling one of my kids don't try to read the textbook for every class in college. They don't expect you to. Right. They they expect you to buy it, and that's what they want to do. So go through it this way. And that was very helpful for them. I mean, I don't have to read every 500-page textbook on the four or five courses I'm taking. No, not only is it not expected, right? You won't really learn the subject that way. Mm -hmm. And chances are, depending on where you're learning the subject, you're not going to learn the subject that way anyway. Right, right. So having somebody help you through it is huge.
0: Mm-hmm. And again,
1: we're supposed to help each other. The scripture says, "Do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith." So it's not like you're a burden on somebody who's helping you. You shouldn't be. It should right. be part of their Christian service that says, "Yeah." And here's the thing: parents don't decide that your child should be a doctor he or she doesn't want to be a doctor and you're sending him now to the doctor to make him want to be a doctor. Don't do that to either one of them. Just like, just like you don't want to send your child to be mentored or apprenticed or even taught by someone who doesn't love what he does. Do not send somebody who doesn't want to do this. There's nothing more frustrating than teaching someone who doesn't want to learn. So don't do that. That'd be a great way to end a friendship.
0: Right. Another thing along those lines, don't send somebody to um, to convince your kid of something like that. That's that's a great point. But another thing, when we're looking at at going to doctor's offices or going to lawyers offices, there are um, HIPAA laws and confidentiality issues that need to be considered appropriately before they're going to let you in there and talk about things or let you come and do things. And so, you know, um, teach your children the earliest age to be trustworthy, you know, and to know their own boundaries, because um, that's going to that's going to give you um, more. Um, that's going to increase your op- their opportunity and yours in being able to um, for for other people to be willing to mentor them when they get older in some of these other um, more, uh, these other way these other ways, you know, going in, in, um, baking or helping someone clean their yard is one thing, but to be invited into the lawyer's office to shadow for the day or to the nurse's desk, that is a much higher, um, that that's a much higher and more, uh, just different, different place. So, So we
1: have to be trustworthy. We have to know what we're asking in some of those spaces. Exactly. I remember with my son, he thought he wanted to be a lawyer. We had a friend who was a lawyer. So he let my son come and sit in on an arbitration that he was doing. He cleared it Mm -hmm. with both the clients. They said, we have no problem with that. You know, he understood what the boundaries were. And, and he got to experience it the same way when we were having one of the animals that we had um, rescued and that animal was going to the vet and having surgery. I said to the vet, is it okay if my girls come in and watch the surgery? He was delighted. Yeah, let's do that. Wow, you know? That's cool. You see, um, when back before you couldn't do this, if we were going on a plane um, I'd ask if it'd be okay for my son, he was the one who was interested, go into the cockpit and talk to the the pilots. I don't think you can do that anymore, but you could do it then. And see, yep. the, the point being is keep opening up the world and mm. it's an opportunity. That's why I said, rather than reward kids with money, reward them with opportunity. An opportunity to um, experience the mature world of people who work and do valuable things.
0: Right. Right. That's, that's very exciting. And, you know, speaking of um, apprenticeship, we do a lot of work around here. So we love apprentices. If you're in the area and, um, or even if you're not, we'll figure out a way to connect you somewhere. So we would love to help um, make those connections.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, I mean, I've had people, young ladies approach me and say, will you mentor me? And yeah. I say, okay, what is it you're looking for? Well, I'm mm-hmm. looking for someone to help me sort some of the decisions I have to make. That's fine. A good mentor doesn't go and chase the mentee, the person being menti- right. mentored. It's a person who says, I'm available. i will here to help. And um, it was interesting, recently my daughter got married and there was a whole table at the wedding of women I had mentored and mm-hmm. who had become friends with my daughter, etc. So mm-hmm. it's you get to see that the line between friendship and mentorship is sometimes very, very blurred because it starts off one way, but then it becomes a solid friendship.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in business, we see very often that a person can be your mentor in one um, one one field and then you can have another mentor in another um, area of interest. So it's okay to have multiple um, mentors and even, you know, people might be your mentor
1: and not really be conscious of it. Right. Some exactly. Way. Some people want to morph. I remember one woman said to me, you know, I've been reading what you write about mentorship. Are you mentoring me? <laughs> and I said, well, am I? And she says, I don't know. Oh, I so. She says, I think so. I said, Yeah. She goes, I thought we were friends. I said, We are friends. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you come to me asking for advice, or you come to me and you're you're wondering how you should do something, you're saying, would you give me some input? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for me, not only do I mentor, there are a number of people who are currently mentoring me. Do they know they're mentoring me? Some do, some don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to learn something and learning something is one thing. The mentor is really good at helping you apply it. Mm. Um, Let's go back to that fence analogy. The the guy who's building the fence because his time is valuable and he doesn't want to spend more than he has to. He's going to show you the economical way to do an excellent job as opposed to, you know, not knowing how to do it and having to pay double to have somebody else come in. So if you
0: want a mentor, or if you want an apprenticeship, don't look for somebody to come chase you. If you want to do that, you need to speak up. If you want that to be a, a um, recognizable so that they know it. I know there was sort of a trend a while back and I don't, and maybe even still is now like this accountability partner, like I'm going to make sure that you do everything right. That's not what a mentor is going to do. And so um, it's, She said, you know, you don't always know where being a friend and being a mentor is sometimes mixed together. I think that's the way it should be. I think that's a beautiful um, way that God puts us together and um, it's very much uh, appreciated.
1: So good. Um, Andrea? I noticed our time is about up. I want to say a couple of things to people who watch Um, because of scheduling we are going to be moving this live broadcast back one hour. So instead of it being 10 o'clock Pacific time, it's going to be 11. Instead of it being one o'clock Eastern time, it's going to be two. And then in between that, you can figure it all out. Um, Life gets in the way sometimes of our schedules. And uh, Nancy has a lot of things going on with her business and with the various enterprises and entrepreneurial endeavors she's got and so giving her an extra hour will prove to be helpful and hopefully in future episodes of what we do on this um, you'll get to benefit for some of the fruits of what it is she's doing so um, when the next time you see this advertised it will be for an hour later and you can know that we didn't make a mistake we did it on purpose two o'clock next week Uh, Yes, indeed. Okay. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and I hope it's been valuable. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to include them here, and we'll respond. So see you next time. Very good. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast, holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit the kingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.